What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today we are doing a really fun and unique memory lane episode. We're going to be talking with a couple of fans, uh, Jen, who we've had on in the past, and another fan named Katie. We're going to talk with them about the early days, the grassroots movement of being a Kelly Clarkson fan, because a lot of her career started when the internet was first taking off. It was before social media. And they're going to tell us what it was like to really get Kelly's career started and how much fan involvement there was before a lot of social media interaction was even possible. Yeah, it was actually a lot harder for an artist to get off the ground with their fans. You actually had to literally be a street team and go out and pound the pavement to uh, get your artist's name out there. And so we're going to talk about all the phone calls that were made. We're going to be talking about the early days of the message boards that really were the catalyst for a lot of Kelly fans to organize and to meet up together. Uh, I know that that's how I made some of my dearest friends uh, in my life, and I'm looking forward to talking to both Jen and Katie about that. Uh, plus, we're going to be talking about some of the unique experiences that the two of them have had. And I think we'll even see if we can coax Jen into telling her story again about how the fan base pretty much picked one of Kelly's singles. Now, before we get to Jen and Katie, first, we need to take care of a little business, Pam. We had a contest at the end of our All I Ever Wanted album breakdown episode where we were offering up an autographed copy of Kelly Clarkson's new album, When Christmas Comes Around. For those who made it all the way through the album breakdown, uh, we congratulated you and said that you had to put out a hashtag that said, hi, Pam and Jeremy. For some of you who were on social media, you might have seen that a couple of times. That's what that was for. Uh, we were looking for people to quietly enter this contest. These were just people who heard about it on the podcast. We didn't put it out anywhere else and want to send out a big congratulations to Brett. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle is at Chisholm ism. Uh, Brett was our winner of the autographed Kelly Clarkson CD from the uh, new Christmas record. So congratulations, Brett. That's going to be in the mail shortly. And we're so excited today to introduce two guests. We have Jen, who was on our show a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, I guess it was. And we also have Katie. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello, Thank ladies. You might remember Jen from our uh, from Justin to Kelly episode. Jen is our uh, our early Kelly career insider. Uh, <laughs> we, we got all the dirt about uh, her time on the set of From Justin to Kelly. Uh, so since we've, we've met Jen, Katie, well, let's talk with you first about sort of your, uh, Kelly origin story. Yeah, origin story. Well, before now, um, <laughs> well, you know, I, like many of us started at the very beginning and, um, was a member of a couple of fan groups and, and such. And, um, got, I remember the first thing I went to was the Leno episode. The episode of Jay Leno that she was on in Los Angeles. Um, was that like the Thedman's episode? Or no, that 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 was foul. So it wasn't was after she won. This was Wait. after. Oh. Um, it was like, but like soon after. So it wasn't. It wasn't the Thedman episode. But the it Thin was. <laughs> it was for. Had to have been. 
it was the Miss Independent, maybe. And that's where I ended up meeting a lot of the people that I know still today that were fans, like showing up early to Leno at you know three in the morning and then, hey, you're here too. Oh, that's cool. Hey. And then keep seeing the same people over and over at different events. And it's like, we should probably, you know, get together. But um, so it goes all the way back there. And I just got more and more into it throughout the years. And, you know, once social media was blossoming and message boards and all that fun stuff it kind of just grew from there so well awesome um well so happy to have you on here katie um i i really wanted i really want jen to explain a little bit about this whole topic because it's something that i never actually thought about um it was like a little bit before my time and obviously like i feel like i was I saw a little, little of the tail end, maybe for like, I don't know, some of the like the TRL stuff. We'll get into that later. But Jen, what made you even think of this episode? Because I think it's a brilliant topic. Um, the last time I was on, you guys had me back in like just 19 years ago. I think it was 18, 19 years ago. And it just put me in this like spiral of the memories. And like I went down a rabbit hole mentally. And throughout the rest of that day, I was just like, oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. And it just started to jog a lot of things in my head. And then I, because I'm in the music industry, I realized how different it was then versus now. And from the little things, like you said, TRL, um, but like TRL existed back then. And now we've got digital streaming musically. And back then we had to actually get in our cars or, you know, and drive and pick up a CD or in your case, be driven to pick up a CD. <laughs> so, the theme, the theme of this whole episode true. is going to be how young Pam is. Right. It just made me remember all the hard work that went into it and not to say that people aren't working hard now to help artists, but it just felt like a lot more of hitting the pavement when we were doing it. Like I would have to, set up my computer or, you know, I didn't have a cell phone te- that could text places or, you know, I, I, I would call radio stations from my flip phone, you know? So it just <laughs> felt like a lot more, as I told you guys, grassroots. So almost going back in time where I know Katie mentioned social media was starting to ramp up, but it really was the beginning of social media and it wasn't as instantaneous as it is today. So. Yeah. So I'm, I, okay. So I know, Jen, I know you helped once Kelly won Idol. I know you helped really on the message boards, especially with her website and, and everything. But I want you to take it a step back further. As during the Idol days, I know there were boards as well. Were either of you involved with those? I wasn't. I didn't okay. even discover the boards. I had I heard on the radio that she was performing the national anthem for a September 11th tribute. So I Googled it. And it sent me to one of the message boards and that's where I got the information. So that's how I ended up in, well, on the express on the KCMB was because I was like, Oh, these people like the same stuff I like. And it just drew me in immediately. So I wasn't there for the voting stage, but immediately after. Right. Yeah. That sounds about right for me too. Cause uh, I, I, I was a little, I, shoot. I was, it was, I had just graduated college. And so I, you know, I had all this extra time, especially right after she won. Like that was like right after I graduated, didn't have a job or anything. And um, that's when, yeah, once American Idol started and they were like, oh, you know, they talked about these message boards. So, you know, I would go on there and look and uh, kind of started from there. And 
um, got into it that way too. Because I was just curious, like, like, and this could be for a listener if you're listening and you were literally there from day one. I'm curious, like, what the urgency was on any of these boards or just within the fan community, like, for the voting. Because obviously, like, yeah, it was so hard to vote. I mean, I didn't vote for season one, but I definitely voted for season two. Sorry, Kelly. Um, <laughs> I did vote for Clay Aiken a lot. I'm not going to lie. Oh. Um, and <laughs> I know that's a whole other topic. Um, but yeah, I remember just like it was aggressive and you would have to take your, you know, your home phone and I would have to, you know, t- steal like a cell phone and this and that. And you would just get all these busy dial tones. But like, it was the rush and it was because there was no other way to do it. There was no, like you couldn't vote online. Right. So. And, then, and then you, when you get charged per text, <laughs> like, that's just true. Oh man, I forgot testament. about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Jen, talk a little bit more about once, um, once you actually like how you got involved with working on the message boards and then a little bit more involvement in the fan, like you being the connection between Kelly and the fans. Cause I think you, alluded to it a little bit last time but i would love to hear more about that so i started just posting as a normal poster and i don't remember i got connected with the girl that was running the case dmb and there was something i said on the board and the way i said it and she was like i love the way you speak like i love your writing the way you relay your thoughts would you want to be involved in xyz and it was a newsletter that went out i think it was weekly and so i started writing the newsletter that got blasted out to the kelly fans so then from that point on, the KCMB was connected to a website that was based out of Canada and it was kellyclarkson.ca or, Kelly or kellyfanclub.net were the two URLs. And so the people were up in Canada and I don't know what happened, but slowly but surely like that girl Lisa fell off the face of the earth. I have no idea where she ended up. And then Cameron who ran it was still around and some sketch stuff happened and that's how the website ultimately disappeared. Nobody really knows what happened. Um, But he was still kind of running it behind the scenes. And then there was another guy up there. And then provider in Norway was doing the graphics. So it was really eclectic and like international type of group. And they just started disappearing. And as they started disappearing, I just started taking over the whole site. So anything you saw in writing was me. And anything you saw graphically was provider. And then Cameron just, I guess, paid the bills. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know. It was just like this weird takeover situation that happened. And ultimately, it ended up being the news source for Kelly. I would say, and I was thinking about this earlier, the KCMB I thought was more fun and lighthearted and younger, whereas the Express was more like goal-oriented, driven. They were actually like taking initiatives and making them happen. So that was more of like a workplace for like, I don't want to say older because it wasn't necessarily older, but like, you know, we played at the KCMB. Um, like we had goofy blends and keeper of, and like you like, like I was, I actually found my keeper of things somehow today. And I like, I sent it to Nicole Peering and I was like, you're never going to believe what I just found. <laughs> keeper <laughs> of Kelly saying, if you're not standing, you are a party pooper. Like just crazy yeah, stuff. Stupid, stupid stuff like that. Yeah. I love it. Like, keeper of her us during it takes two, I think it was. But, um, <laughs> Like that was like the goofy stuff that went on there, but there was initiative there. But so it was, the site was connected to that. The express had like more of the goal oriented type of behavior, but the kellyclarkson.ca was like the news source. So that's where like the news articles would be. And it was almost, I would say similar to blogging, but like from a media perspective, 
I don't, I really think in a weird way we were all before our time. Like over the years I've seen like all these blogs pop up and it's like news sources. And we were doing that well before this age. So, I mean, that's, that's how I got involved. It really was an accidental takeover. And because we were the only news source and we also had Jessica and Brian answering questions on our site. So that gave us a lot of credibility. So, I mean, it was, again, accidental takeover. And it was, it was cool, though, because everyone knew each other and everybody knew to who to trust. So it was like a trusted website and a trusted takeover situation. Um, Can you you talk about how Jessica and Brian got their sort of how they started to be a part of the website? So that was before me. I don't, I think Lisa, the girl who was originally there had somehow reached out to Jess, who at the time was known as Jebby. And she contacted her and was like, will you answer some questions? And she did a whole section called ask Jess. And then over time, Brian, because he was there, he was like, I want to help. It's like, as he was hysterical, <laughs> he just jumped in as ask boo. And then at one point, Lindsay came in their friend, Lindsay, and it was ask Linz. So it just kind of snowballed from there. But Jess was there, I think, during Idol, she was still, like, she had started at answering questions, and then she just stayed for years. That's wild that they found her during Idol, because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I am fascinated in, like, even, like, going into, we'll say, like, 2000, as far as maybe, like, 2006 or seven, when I actually was <laughs> around for some of this, I am fascinated that, like, people were able to find out so much info, not only about her, but, like, what she was doing, what appearances she was doing. And, like, I don't mean just looking at, like, a TV guy. Like, I'm not talking about that. But I mean, like, knowing, like, you know, well in advance that she's going to be on this, I don't know, uh, German TV show or whatever. And, like, people knew about this weeks in advance and knew how to post it. And this was way – I mean, yes, obviously Google was a thing. But, like, it was before Google Alerts. It was well before Twitter when things were just instantaneous. And I just find it fascinating how everyone found this stuff out. I mean, I think it helped because there were a lot of international fans. And I, I don't know how that happened either. Because like American Idol, I don't understand how we got the Norwegian who was doing amazing graphics for us, you know, but right. I think a lot of people were coming over from other countries and they were sharing it. And we were able to find it online through their websites. Like there was a, wasn't there like a KCFC Germany? I think still, still, Sarah. still is. Sarah, yes. Yeah, she's still, she's still, still around. really involved. Yeah, so she yeah. was providing stuff well before yeah well before twitter um i mean i have i I just went home recently and i had dvds all over the place of these foreign shows because somebody correct me if i'm wrong you would remember katie i think her name was deb oh yeah deb Uh uh-huh yeah she makes logged a bunch of stuff and made dvds which my friends never have hasn't given me back i let her borrow them everything's available online just about anyways but (laughs) it's just so crazy to think about the you know those days before youtube had come around and when we were it was very very difficult to share both audio and not to mention video when it came to these kinds of things and that you guys did have to resort to burning dvds half a world away and mailing them to people just so that they could see a talk show performance it is so crazy to think how this this particular artist and her fans have progressed technologically from where we had to start with i mean when you they call them street teams because 
when they started out, they literally were, they were hitting the streets. They were going around to record stores and to appearances and to concerts. And they were handing out buttons and flyers and stickers and that sort of thing. I mean, that was your, that was the, the, that was the people that were reaching the fans when you were an artist and you couldn't do that for yourself. And this is a, this is like the new technologically savvy street team that was so impressive that not only the the worldwide nature of it all, but how quickly it all hit the ground running, considering that she was still on idle when a lot of this stuff that you're talking about, Jen, first came around. Right. And then also the minute she came off idle, remember she went with that single, the, like it came out immediately. She jumped from 52 to one and beat the Beatles record within what, like a week of, of winning idol. So, yeah. and, so there were already a, like, a street team worth of people going out and buying this, this single. And I mean, it was, again, thinking about this this morning, there was like a sense of pride and ownership and an emotional connection. And I think because so much work went into the onset of the career and not taking like any credit for it, but I think for everyone involved, we just felt so connected to it that we wanted to keep helping and we wanted to help her succeed because we were, we felt like we were a part of it from the beginning. That's the exact reason I tell people when somebody asks me, you know, why do I like her so much? And I say that her career is so unique because she's one of the few artists where we can all honestly say we were literally there on the ground floor to help her career get off the ground. And now so many people have a vested interest in how well she does because we were the ones voting week after week. We were the ones supporting. We were the ones that, you know, bought the single to help it get to that record that she made. And, um, and I think that that's so different even nowadays because so many people can do it on their own through YouTube or SoundCloud or whatever you have. It, it, it is much more difficult to have a groundswell of people get behind you before you are actually famous that uh, this was such a unique type of, I mean, I'm sure that like, you know, Carrie Underwood fans can, can sort of say the same thing that um, this was such a unique way to start a relationship with an artist. So many times people start a relationship because they, they hear them on the radio or they hear, you know, they come up on their Spotify or YouTube or whatever, but we literally got to see her from the very beginning, become a star. And that just, I think that is one of the reasons why her fan base is so incredibly passionate because we do feel like we have that completely different connection than almost any other artist. It's like, we're her, we're like, we're her, we're her, it's like, we're her mom. We've seen her grow up from the very beginning. Yeah. Like she was a little baby and didn't have anything. And then she blossomed into, you know, what she is today. And it's, yeah, we all feel invested because we were literally, it's like we were there when she was born. Yep. It's kind of like, like, you know, watching like a sort of like an indie artist who's starting from like literally nothing. And obviously hers was different because she was like, her indie start was just like on national television. But like at the same time, had she come, you know, fourth, fifth place, that would have been it. Then she would have been back kind of to square one, but had people know who she was. But um, it really, it really was just like she grew up in front of us over the, the what, two, three months that it took place. And it's very rare. And then all of a sudden she has a loyal fan base. But it, it really was like started from the bottom and now she made it. She's here and she's even going higher than we ever thought she would. And Jen, Ooh. I don't want to uh, I don't want to embarrass you at all here, but I, I do think that a, a bit of the credit does need to be directed towards your way 
because you were there on that ground floor with the message boards and you were one of the people. And I, and I say this because you're the one who's, who's literally sitting in front of me right now. Um, but I would say this to, you know, your whole crew that was sort of helping to keep that message board afloat, especially in the early days when people were falling off. I mean, I think that again, when you have a connection with people who were close friends with Kelly that were again being the conduit between her and the fan base, I think again, that is so very unique. And I don't even, I mean, I'm not in a bunch of other fan bases, so I, I can't speak on experience, but I don't know how often that happens where you have someone who was very close, very intimately involved with that particular artist that they can speak to so much more of their story than what you're going to normally find on social media or a, a boilerplate bio or something like that, that you would get from a record label. And so I really do think that it's a testament to the, to the people who were running the, uh, the message boards. And I say this both for the KCMB and for the express early days, those people propping up the fan base and, and really igniting things do deserve a bit of credit for the, the plateau that she got to jump off of. Yeah, I mean, and how smart was it of her friends and family to make themselves present in both places? Because yeah. they were also active on the Express. So it wasn't exclusive to our website that Jess was answering questions. Brian was extraordinarily active over at the Express. Mm -hmm. And they were involved while the voting was going on. So I think that really helped because it made people feel connected to a human being, not just a singer. So they were there and they were acting like humans because they are, and they were being, I don't, I don't want to say building friendships, but they were, they were building rapport with, with people that were talking and asking questions and they were happy to answer them because they knew that she was being elevated by these people and not, and, and they were genuine. They weren't doing it to get anywhere. They weren't using people to try to, to try to elevate Kelly in any way, but they were smart in the way they handled things. They went on, they, they were active, they were friendly and I think it really made her somebody that we all felt was approachable and attainable as far as, I don't want to say friends, but like we were able to reach her and we knew her and we understood her and we felt more connected to her <clears throat> because we had her people in our world. So yeah. I mean, it was, it was brilliant the way they did it. Like it, it really was. I think that says a lot about who she is as a person because we can see this, you know, 19 years later that her band is exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. They know so many of the fans and we feel, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I, I think I'm going to speak for most of us that like we know members of her band, whether we know them personally or we just know of them, we followed their careers as well. And it, it says a lot about her that she surrounds herself with people who genuinely want to be um, part of her career and are genuinely interested in the fans because they know that without the fans, there wouldn't be anything. Right. I mean, and look at the name of Kelly's first album. Like she knew. Thankful. Yep. She knew going into that album how she got to where she was. And I, again, I was going back through stuff just to try to refresh my memory. And I was seeing quotes that were embedded in some of the graphics that we had that were that were nothing about how thankful she was to her fans. If it wasn't for my fans, I wouldn't be here. And the only word I can think of to describe how I'm feeling right now is thankful. And so, I mean, it really said a lot that she recognized how she got to where she was. And I don't think she's ever lost that. Oh, I think she remains in that exact mindset. And that's a beautiful thing. As much as she's exploded, she has never forgotten her roots. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we, we love her so much is because she's able to do that. And in so many cases, that's, it, that doesn't happen. And it's unfortunately, it's rare. 
and but beautiful that she can retain and be herself and still be this, you know, role model for everyone. I think it would have been a lot different too. Had, had she become sort of one of those unattainable, untouchable artists that, you know, kind of keeps, you know, is still very kind to their fan base, but, you know, still feels like they kind of keep them at arm's length, keep them at bay. And they, you know, you're here to support my career and I'm grateful for you, but, you know, stay in your lane, so to speak. But she has, you know, always been that person that is so widely admired and respected that I think that it sort of validates all of our feelings and all of the time that everybody put into this woman's career in that we don't feel like we wasted any of it because she didn't become a person that we didn't feel like we could be proud of or that we could look at and say, you know what? I really respect this person. I appreciate the work that they're doing. And that has been such a blessing as her career has progressed because, you know, I have got a lot of artists that I have followed over the years and I've sort of fallen off just because they've, they've turned out to be not the greatest of people or, you know, they, they seem to not appreciate really what their fan bases really do for them. And I have loved the fact that she has never forgot that in any way and continues even to this day to recognize them. Uh, and in some cases in ways that we only realize, you know, sort of our, our little winks that we get at us that, you know, <laughs> means a lot because the fact that, you know, she 20 years into her career, she shouldn't have to still, you know, allude to things, uh, from way back in the day, but she still does from time to time. And it just makes me think, you know what? Yes, I picked. I definitely picked the right artist to hitch my wagon to. Yeah, I, never, I haven't regretted a single day that I've been a yeah. fan of Kelly Clarkson. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like even even the little wink. Like I'm thinking, I'm going to think of a very very relevant current example of that is like the last couple of weeks she's been doing um, like throwbacks on her on her, on the on the talk show. Like she's performing her old stuff, and like she knows that her diehards want to hear that. So it's amazing that we got to hear tightrope and you love me. It's like I was actually like at the tape. I was actually at the taping for that. Nice. What was your reaction? I I couldn't believe it. It was it was pretty awesome because I was like I'd much rather hear that than some other random song that I that I don't that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> which one was it? You was it been, you love me or, or no, tightrope? Just it was tightrope. So the one that just aired on on Friday, oh and um, and I got to see Melissa Etheridge too. Oh my gosh! <laughs> which I was like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah, it was it was it was really awesome. And she threw a shoe. Um, <laughs> Classic. It was it was it was really cool because actually when she had come up to do her monologue while she was talking and introducing Melissa Etheridge, she actually looked over uh, my way and she like did a little wave and. Um, and she and like you know there was that little thing of recognition so it's always you know even after you know so many years it's nice to just get that little like uh oh hey it's you again (laughs) seriously it's just you know it's something to her that's just like a little like you know one second part of her day that she's just like oh yeah like thank you like and for us it's just like Oh my God, she's the best. You know, and it, 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 it reminds me of the conversation that we had with Jim Vararos a couple of weeks ago where, you know, and, I, and I've been thinking about this conversation ever since we had it, where he was just like, he doesn't, he was saying how he doesn't understand how people can't be a fan of hers or how they can't not be a fan of hers because it, it, you, 
you want to fight for her so much because she is such a good person. And you're like, I don't understand how every single on every single person on this planet does not absolutely adore her because she has given you every reason to do so. And, you know, again, just, you know, what you're saying, Katie, like little things like that, like just a nod in your direction. Um, she, I, I don't even know if she realizes how much something like that can mean to a fan it's like another thing of like validation, like, you know, yes, I, I recognize you. I appreciate you. And I'm thanking you all in, you know, a second of her time. And I think artists sometimes forget how much moments like that mean. So Jen, let's, uh, we want to kind of retell a story that we talked about last time you were on in that, you know, going with the grassroots campaign, there was a time when Kelly reached out to, the sort of the, the message board community via a sort of a, a, a conduit, we'll say, uh, to talk about a single that she wanted to release from Thankful. Can you sort of reset that story for us about how Low became a single? Yeah. So it was obviously right after Miss Independent had blown up and I mean, maybe still in the midst of it and they were picking their next single. <clears throat> and I had created a sound off section on the website because I thought it would be cool for fans to just be able to like, do like an either this or that. So, or just ask a question and see where, what fans thought. And ultimately fast forwarding a little bit, I ended up compiling a lot of those answers and I formed a relationship with the vice president of RCA. And so Casual. He asking me, right. He was asking me like, <laughs> what do Kelly fans think? What do they want? So he knew that we had our fingers on the pulse. So I would, I would send him lists of how the fans were speaking out and what they were saying specifically to those questions so now rewinding, Kelly had heard about it. I, I'm guessing through Jess or Brian. Um, and so she was like, can you talk to Jen and see if she can figure out whether the fans want low or just miss the train as the next single? And I don't think we necessarily chose it, but I think we definitely <clears throat> helped her make that decision. So that's I, my second favorite. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs on that album. <laughs> the train? No, no, low. Oh, I know. Me too. Um, so I put up the, the sound off and low one. And so I sent it back with the number of people and what people were saying, because it gave them the opportunity to also give a why. And so I sent it over and I also created a summarization analysis because that's who I am. Um, I was like, that's so you. (laughs) And, um, I was like, you know, just a heads up, just missed the train as a single out in Australia. So like it is known. So that could be a positive or a negative and like just things like that. Um, but low, low one by quite a margin. So then all of a sudden low came out and I was like, they listened. Like, and I wasn't really <laughs> expecting that just because I don't think she, well, I don't, I know she didn't hold the reins in her career at that point, but I think she knew and her people knew that the fans were put her where she was. And so they listened. And I mean, there we were, all of a sudden there was a video out and I was like, I can't believe that actually just happened. Um, I wish that RCA did that more with her later career. Mm -hmm. That's that's another topic. (laughs) I know he was great. I mean, and he's still around. His name was Richard. I can't remember the last name, but my boss just said his name to me not too long ago. And I was like, I know that guy. Um, (laughs) He's at another label now where he retired. Uh, He's, he's somewhere, but he was a president, not of RCA. Um, but yeah, he was great. He would contact me and just ask random questions and like find out what people were thinking on any specific day and whether it made an impact, I don't know, but it was just cool that they valued the opinions of the fans to that extent. So like, I love 
how much involvement the fans had. Now, this is a question for both of you. And I'm wondering, I guess, early days, a lot of people met, like a lot of fans met each other from the message boards. I think that's pretty a safe, pretty safe assumption. Um, did, a, did any of you meet people on there and then go ahead and plan to meet up at like events, whether that be concerts or TV tapings or things like that? Because Why I know <laughs> you go ahead because I have, I have a question for you specifically, Katie. Oh, go ahead. So I remember I actually met somebody at uh, the events and that's how I got involved in the message boards. Oh, okay. Yours was opposite. I so like that. It was actually reversed. So I'd actually meet them in person. And then like I met Jamie at, uh, at, at an event, I believe it was like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. And uh, some of my other friends at Jay Leno and stuff. And so that's where I first saw, like met them. And then they're like, oh yeah, this is my screen name. You, you know, go, go here. And so that's really when I started doing the message boards and everything after I went to like the, the that first Leno event was the first one that I had gone. How to. did you know to go to the event? How did you well, know? I, I think I had just looked up to get how to get tickets for Jay Leno, and it's like so oh, you, you had just like heard like oh, like Kelly Clarkson's going to be on. Yeah, this she's going to be on this like day, that. and okay. yeah, so it's like oh, okay, because because with Jay Leno, they filmed. If I remember correctly, they filmed the day of, and it, 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 so you, you, if you you knew they were going to be on there tonight, so you knew you had to go to the taping, you know, in the early afternoon, and we got right. there like super early. So yes. yeah. So that's how, and then I'm, and the more shows I went to, I was like, I got more people. And then they told me about more shows. And then, you know, because <laughs> I had a question specifically for you. And then I want to ask Jen as well. But um, you're a little famous in the, in the <laughs> Kelly uh, community because if anyone, and well, if hopefully if you're listening to this, you may have listened to our Behind Hazel Eyes DVD episode. <laughs> Katie, you're like the first thing that basically appears in the DVD. Am I am I right? That, that is correct. Um, I remember Yeah, it was kind of funny because we had gone to the Princess Diaries 2 premiere. And so we had a bunch of us had all met up. Um, Did you know Kelly was going to be there? Yes, we knew Kelly was going to be there because the song had been out. And that, so we, we knew she was going to actually be at the event. And so we had made signs and everything like that. We we made them ourselves and, and brought them in. We'd actually previously had used some of the same signs when we went to like her radio station interview with Ryan Seacrest. And she actually came in, invited us up to meet her. Like there what? were about 10 of us. Yeah, this is at Hollywood and Highland. And we go up and like we were all like there was like this uh, velvet rope around. And so we all came up and and Kelly was there and her publicist was there. And uh, she basically just hung out with us for like 10, 15 minutes, signing whatever we wanted, getting pictures and everything. And um, she had no makeup on. You know, it was a radio interview. So, yeah, she's a baseball cap and and whatnot. But um, so we had already done that. And so we had already had all this stuff prepared. So we lined up all, along the red, uh, the red carpet. And so she comes through, you know, waves, takes pictures, signs stuff. And she literally went down the entire length of the red carpet doing this, um, hardly talking to really any uh, press a little bit. Love, but, it. Um, Love it. Yeah. And, so, and then they go in to watch the movie. OK, so we're still out there and they're watching the movie. So after that's all done, we get uh, approached by a producer saying, hey, you know, we see your big Kelly Clarkson fans. Um, hey, we were, we're filming something for, you know, they didn't really tell us what it was like some documentary or whatever. 
And we were like, oh, can we like come and interview you? And we were like, yeah, sure. And there were like 10 of us or so. So they take us like around. This is in downtown Disney, like around into like some corner area where there's some bushes and basically like, okay, what do you like about Kelly? And so we kind of took turns, like just spouting off different things, like everybody did. And then they just happened to have picked up on what I said. And I've been ultimately teased constantly since then, because I apparently was said ultimately a bunch of times but uh, <laughs> i never noticed that, that if that makes you feel any better no, I, never feel better. no I think i think I, I love the intro i genuinely think it like really <laughs> sets the tone for not only like the dvd but just like us as a fan base because you were so right you're basically saying that like she's just like so genuine and cares about her fans and that's why we love her and that's what this whole episode's about and I think you did a great job. So I'm so happy. Oh, thank you. It's like, they're like, Oh, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, just random yeah. stuff. And we were all saying different things and I couldn't even like, tell oh, you what anybody else said, but now yeah, I'm on would... a DVD. Apparently like you had no I know. idea. Like, like all of it. I remember when the DVD came out, when uh, my friend's business was like, Oh, you're going to like this. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I always like, laughed when I, I laughed <laughs> when I saw that, that segment of the DVD, because it almost looked like, a staged red carpet just for Kelly, because all you see is obviously Kelly on the red carpet, but then you see all these people with signs for her screaming for her. There's, I mean, and obviously it's a, it's a DVD and it's a documentary about her. So they show nobody else, but it looked like it was an event that everybody was there just waiting for her to walk the red carpet. And then everybody went home. <laughs> Anne Hathaway who like <laughs> we pretty much did. Like we saw the other people like, Oh yeah. But they like kind of zoomed past, but Kelly like really took her time and went on both sides. And it's probably for that reason, because they did have a film crew with them and everything, but on, on top of for it's, you know, she likes to do that kind of stuff anyways. But, um, like all that wasn't planned by them. We made all those signs. We all kind of got in this. We just got all got into one kind of long area, all of us Kelly fans. And it just ended up, it was probably like, they were like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. <laughs> like they couldn't have planned it any better. <laughs> I love that. They didn't have to have to do any scouting. So Jen, I'm curious for you. Did you also, um, for you, did you meet a lot of your fellow Kelly friends was that originally from message boards or was that first from you going to like events I was in South Florida so I didn't really have opportunity to go to events so the people I met were on the boards so the funny thing about what Katie said was that she met Jamie in line for Kimmel I met Jamie on a message board and at the Princess Diaries 2 premiere Jamie called me and handed Kelly her phone so Kelly <laughs> you? from the red carpet. Yeah. So I didn't know Jamie in person at that point, but we had become good friends on the internet. And then like Nicole Peering, who I met in 2002, we're still really good friends. And I talked to her almost every day. So yeah, I met my people through the message boards. And then also I don't, I do not want to have this, this podcast go out without mentioning Shelly, um, yes. who was like the most incredible human being. And just like people don't know this story, but I was living with my grandma at the time. I was on a desktop computer and I was just chained to my computer 24 hours a day um, because I didn't have the luxury of having a smartphone and continuing to do what I was doing outside the house. Shelly had an extra laptop and she shipped it to me. That way I could at least change rooms. Um, she was just the most awesome human being. She did everything quietly. She didn't want credit. She just wanted to see Kelly succeed. Um, she would call me usually every night just to say hi, check in. And every time she called, my grandma would be like, Newton, Massachusetts is on the phone. Tell her I said hi. 
Um, <laughs> she was just the, the kindest person. Like if I was doing fundraiser stuff, cause I did a lot, like when Kelly um, started doing like, we're not started, but she did the, the angel tree, the Salvation Army angel tree. Like she went and like cleaned off a tree and that became something that we did on our end. So people would go out and they would sponsor a child and then send me information about what they bought. And I created individual angels for every single person that a fan sponsored and gave Kelly a book of all of the angels and a pillow and all sorts of stuff. Um, and Nicole actually came up with the idea with me. And so um, Shelly, if she knew I was doing something like that, she would just send me money and be like, here, go take care of this, go do this. Um, when Kelly did stuff with March of Dimes, we created shirts and I still have my shirt. Um, but we did like a walk and people would sign up for a local walk. Shelly would send money. Like she was always the first person to get involved, but it was always like she took the back seat. She did it quietly and she never wanted the glory, but she was just an absolute unsung hero. And so I, I, it would be, I would be remiss not to mention her because she was such a huge, huge part of not just my life and my life in the Kelly world, but in the community as a whole. Yeah. So like the express, we have obviously a lot to thank her for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kelly among, uh, among even way more things. Go, go ahead. No, it was, it was either my December or all I ever wanted. Yep. She, she thanked her in there because she had, yeah, that, yeah. That, that I was, that was awesome that she recognized her. I lost it so badly like i i remember i was living with a new roommate at the time who's my best friend like we've been best friends for 14 years um i opened up the cd and saw it and i was like curled up in a chair bawling and she's like i don't know what i just moved in with <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i was like so floored by it and just like gosh that was just a what a loss of a human being as a whole but i just need to make sure that people realize what she did behind the scenes and like who ships someone a laptop like Especially someone that you like only really know from the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? In 2005. Like, I mean, right. or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, she just was like, I, I hate that you're sitting on a floor in a, at a desktop all the time. Like, at least go sit on a bed or sit in a couch, like, or sit on a couch. Um, here. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's, in, really, that's, that's incredible. It mm -hmm. really just like, I think it also, what like a lot of people just don't understand that aren't fans or fans of anyone really is that like, Yes, we meet people online or you meet a show or whatever. And yes, we have like one mutual interest. I'll say that. Obviously for us, it is Kelly. But it stems into so much more than that. Like we can all attest to this, that we all have friends that we have met through Kelly. But now we have other things to talk about. And you build these friendships. And sometimes people have built marriages, you know, out of it. Like we, we all know people who've done that. And I just think that is so freaking awesome. That I, and I'm so glad that like we all became fans during the internet age. You know, if this was ten ten years earlier, like you know, artists that were you know peaked in the '90s or whatever, they didn't. This thing wasn't. This wasn't. Wouldn't have been any any option whatsoever. And I just think it's really unique. On the flip side of what you're saying, had we become fans ten years later, I don't think the connection would have been as deep as it was. No. Well, so like and. I think it also says a lot for Kelly, like the people that she brought together were quality people, like just good human beings. Cause if they weren't, we all still wouldn't be in each other's worlds. And we are. Mm -hmm. uh, like, Although I have had my share of stinkers. But like, yeah. Katie, like we were talking about before we went live, Katie and I met because we went to 
Jamie's baby shower. Right. (laughs) After all those years, Katie met her in a line and I met her on a message board. And here we are. Katie and I had never met. We knew of each other. Right. We are walking down the streets of New Orleans together and (laughs) going to a baby shower because of somebody that we both met through Kelly in two very different ways. Yeah. And that's not to say that like, you know, anyone who's listening, who's like a younger fan, you know, maybe in like high school right now, or just, you know, saw, found out about her music a few years ago. I mean, not to say that you finding her now and you building friendships online isn't important. I think that's all, that's all that that's equally great because even myself, I'm discovering new things in my life later on that after they come out and I still think it is important to um, have this outlet. So I think, I think Twitter and social media and everything is so important now, but I am glad that Kelly's fan base has kind of gone through the whole cycle. If that makes any sense. I think it's kind of unique for an artist that she started very early internet age and has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And now even like a lot of parts of her career are centered around social media, whether that be the voice or the talk show. Um, You know, when she would sing fan requests on tour, that was all via Twitter, like things like that. So she's adapted to it. And I think that's a great thing as well. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but I like how there's a mix. I think one of the ages. one of the places that I'm I am so thankful for is the tour threads on the message boards because that was where everybody sort of paired off into the shows that they were individually going to. And they listed like going to this show and have all the different like usernames. Yeah, I just love that. And had I not had I not gone and waded into those particular threads. I wouldn't have some of, you know, the the greatest friends that I have in my life 15, you know, almost, uh, gosh, it's getting closer to 20 years later at this point, because I remember going to my first show where I actually met up with people from a message board. It was the the breakaway tour up in Chicago. And I just remember driving there going, what am I doing? I'm meeting a bunch of people from the internet. Like, what is, who does this? You know, what kind of weirdo is, I mean, I wouldn't tell anybody what I was doing. I just said, I'm going to Chicago for a concert. I did not mention to them that I'm meeting up with a group of people outside that I met online. And it turned into one of the best afternoons because there were like 30 to 40 of us. And I'm just thinking, these are all people from all over the Midwest and in some cases, parts of the other parts of the country. And we all have this singular thing in common. And we, from that moment on built friendships from there. And we, it was so great to go from like tour to tour and see these same people, even in other random cities. You know, I've, I've been to Kelly shows all over the country and it's been so fun to see those same people and to finally meet others uh, at other shows. And I mean, every single time. And I, it's funny that, you know, you mentioned that Jen about walking down the streets of new Orleans, you know, with a person you met on the internet, I had that exact same experience when I went to a show down in new Orleans and, you know, we all went out on bourbon street afterwards. And I just thought, what am I doing here? Like, how did I get here? You know, with, with effectively a lot of these strangers. Uh, but yet, you know, I'm having the time of my life because I, a few years back, I had chosen to go into a tour thread on a message board. And I mean, I can effectively say, and I, and I don't want to speak for the group, but I could probably imagine, you know, all three of you would say the same thing. Doing that whole thing changed my entire life uh, in a good way, of course. And I am so thankful that, you know, I just made the choice to go and click around a little bit further 
because I don't know what my life would be without a lot of these people in it. Your life would, it would suck. probably <laughs> suck. Your life would suck. Ah. <laughs> Good on. It's true. I remember the moment I like that one moment when like, yeah, I had met people at shows and like you talk to them and this and that. But the moment that you're like out doing things other than standing in line for a concert, I was like, what's going on? It's weird. I remember being in Nashville. Few, like this was, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago. And I was just like at a bar with some people and I was just like, they're from the internet, but they're really awesome. This is so cool. And then <laughs> not ten years ago. It wasn't ten years ago. I wasn't no, old, I wasn't oh wasn't old enough to I, I could I couldn't drink then. It wasn't even ten years ago. Jen, I don't know if we, have you and I met each other in person? No, how we said Nashville because there was a big group of us that went to a Nashville show. No, and, it was the first okay. miracle on Broadway. It wasn't ten years ago. It was okay, probably no. like seven, seven or eight. Um, because I was like, I wasn't old enough. I'm anyway, moving on. Um, again, <laughs> Pam is still 16. Um, yes. <laughs> I, 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 Pam's young. Yes. I have a child. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone else had anything to add to this, but I kind of, if not, I was going to shift gears a little bit into something that when Jen was pitching this episode to us, pitching, I mean, she was just like, hey, I think you should do it. It wasn't like, here's a pitch. And, you know, anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about a lot is obviously, okay, voting is a huge thing in this fan base, whether that was American Idol, I guess, The Voice for some of us, even like duets, you know, 10 years ago. I want to talk about TRL. Take us down <laughs> memory lane. I was there for the end of it. I remember very much like 2004 through when it left in like 2006-ish, I think. I was like obsessed. And I remember... I think at that point it was solely online voting, so it wasn't super crazy. Yeah. Bring me, bring me up to up to speed. Guys. I remember when you had to call from a rotary phone. No. Pam, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what a rotary phone yeah. is? Yeah, you like that yeah. circle one. Yes. <laughs> um, I do. So, I want to see Pam in a. I want to see Pam in a TikTok video learning how to use a rotary phone. <laughs> that would be awesome. Why is this I thing love Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I can't remember. I know they did like a making of the video for Before Your Love. When her like feet burn from those candles. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if that one went to the TRL. I think it did. But Miss Independent was the one that like was really the big deal for TRL. And I don't know if the mentality was it's the first single off the album. Let's get this thing to like really fly. But I was telling Pam that if I had to leave because you couldn't dial in and, and vote as you were walking out the door like you could now. Um, I would set up this robot on my computer and it would record my screen movement. So I would move my mouse going from like submit to Miss Independent back to submit to Miss Independent and it would record it and it would vote for me the entire time I was gone. I'm so I would, get, with this. I would wow. get back two hours later and my mouse is still doing this when I got back. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense, but I mean, it, it retired. We, we got it to number one, it retired, but it was, that was one of those things where you couldn't leave your computer if you were committed to it. And we were like every yeah. single day. I, I do think, I do think you could call in though. I think maybe it was like you were capped at 10 calls or something because yeah. I vaguely remember it being like, you have voted for Kelly Clarkson, Miss um. Independent. <laughs> I think they yeah. ended the phone call at some point, but I know yeah. it was a thing, but I, for anyone who's listening, who's like, what's TRL? So total <laughs> request live. I was so bummed because you were, if you were 16, you were able to go and it went off the air when I was like, like 15 or something. I was very salty about that. <laughs> anyway, again, I'm a child. No, but for anyone listening, cause I know they actually, they brought TRL back a couple years ago and I watched it and it was like, 
garbage and they didn't even play videos. But yeah, they would play like the top 10 videos of the day. I use that loosely, you know. Um, Hosted and by I think Carson Daly pre-voice. <laughs> yeah. And Caduce, I think, did it for a bit pre-duets. Yeah. After that, you know, they had... Anyway, but I think... Jen, correct me if I'm wrong. A video, if the video was on, was it 30 days or 50 days? And then it could retire. I think it was 50. Wasn't it? I think it was 50. So it would, if it was on the countdown for 50 days, they would, after 50 days, they'd be like, all right, we are retiring this video. Otherwise, it's going to be on there forever. And it was a big deal when it happened, too. It was rare. It was pretty rare. Yeah, it was. It, It only happened for like, the Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, and Sync, like the people that had the diehard, crazy, huge fan bases. And then Eminem. here comes Kelly. Yeah, Eminem. Um, and then here comes Kelly. And she had the, I would say a smaller community, but we were we were pretty vicious when it came to voting and stuff. Like we would, we did whatever well, happened. You, you have to think, I mean, it's a fan, it's a, it, she's an artist that was yeah. built by fans who voted. Exactly. Right, so, right. we yeah. definitely, yeah. I mean, we, it was just ingrained in us. Right. To vote. And I know and- even after, I mean, I don't remember, I don't know about like low or the trouble with love is I would think probably not, but I know on the breakaway album, they had, it. I know for sure, hazel eyes. And I think walk away. Those definitely were on the 50, 50 day mark. Cause that's I when think- I used to watch. I know breakaway era. I watched heavily since you be gone may have been as well because of you probably was, I think most of that, that yeah. album was on the countdown for like 50 days because it just, that album was just cranking up bangers after bangers. <laughs> and the videos were amazing, especially his Eyes video oh. is still one of my favorite, all time. not even Kelly videos, just videos of all time. So good. I think Lowe did retire. It might have. Like, I like that one too. Yeah, I, I do think that one made it. And I think it was just, that one just came in the waves of, you know, of Miss Independent, which was and great. And it's cool because it's not, you know, it's not also that just like, yes, it was on the countdown for 10 days, for um for 50 days at like, you know, number 10 or number eight. Mm-hmm. There was a while where she was like number one, number two, number three, and it would just go flip flop back and forth. I remember during like the breakaway era, it would often be like her fallout boy, like Backstreet Boys, and then like my chemical romance. I feel like those were like the ones that were like rotating back in like 2005. Avril uh, Yeah, like that. So it's it's cool that like she wasn't just like just making it. She was like at the top. But like we would watch daily with bated breath. Like you would literally be like, okay. And then like if she wasn't three, you were like, she's two. And if she wasn't two, you knew she was one. Like You're there like, was no yes. doubt. Like we did it. Like every day. We did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was I mean, we literally celebrated every single time. Like it was yeah. just I don't know. Like it was it was weird. Like her success felt like, again, I said ownership earlier, for lack of a better word, but it felt like our success, too, because I felt like we all were, like, holding hands together, you know, like, in, like, you know, a kumbaya type of thing. Like, let's, let's you know, all fight for one thing together. And, I mean, it, it was, I don't know, we celebrated every victory every single day. So it was fun. I think, I really think having, like, the the having to vote for her back in the day, it's just, like, you know, if. If anyone was kind of like blase about her, be like, oh yeah, she's cool. Like they wouldn't have bothered voting. Like clearly, the people who voted for her were clearly fans already and just wanted to see more from her, which I think says a lot. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these shows now that are on, like most people don't bother voting. Like most people who watch The Voice are casual watchers, and like maybe they'll vote once or twice, but they're not. You know, they're not going to be voting like crazy, unfortunately, nowadays because that's just not how. TV works. 
But back then, it was like it was a phenomenon, and like people were just so invested in an artist's career. Also, because at the time, there was no discovering someone on YouTube or on TikTok or on SoundCloud. This was the only way was either you getting signed to a label organically or apparently a, a talent show. So it was just such a unique thing at the time. And um, I think a lot of that voting has just stuck with us for whatever it is. Um, well, and then I think over time, like different shows and everything, they had to change the way people voted because people were finding ways to cheat the system and, and alter yeah. the outcome. Like so <laughs> I think that was part of it too. So they were like, okay, you have to enter your email. You have to do this. Doesn't show you're like the real person in limited voting. Yeah. Um, Jen started to mass market her robot to everybody yeah. from a fan That's base. Why the thing pops up. That's why the thing pops up that says, are you right. a robot? Are you, are you a robot? <laughs> That's all just here. <laughs> yeah. exactly. we, have, we have Jen to thank for CAPTCHAs these days. Yes. <laughs> and I'm yes. going to blame Kelly. So, yeah. Now, going back to having, again, such dedication, I think, again, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we were just there from the beginning and we were the reason why she won. I mean, obviously her talent had most to do with it, but the voting had also a lot to do with it as well. Um, so obviously, like, you know, very dedicated fans. Now, something like I know Jeremy has spoken about, and I think you and I maybe spoke about it like last week, Jeremy. Not that anyone has heard this yet, but, um, you know, back in the day, you would go to the record store or like you would go to like Sam Goody, you would go to Tower Records or wherever. And sometimes, you know, if you were in like a major city, people would line up overnight or people like there was that sense of urgency. Or sometimes you go to at midnight to, to Tower Records in LA and Kelly Clarkson comes to the door. Stop right. It. Talk no, about she that, did. Please. Yeah, with oh, who was she dating at the time? It was Ben, not, not Ben. Uh, we know. Yeah. What, 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 what year was this? Was this, was it? It was when Breakaway came out. David Hodges. So it would have been David Hodges. David Hodges, Hodges yeah. right. She, they had show, because she told this story on Leno, but we were at that Tower Records at that, at, when that happened. So we didn't know, we saw two people outside not being able to come in. We didn't realize it at the time that it was Kelly. But then she told that story and it, we put two and two together. And I'm like, are you kidding? We could have bought the, the CD with Kelly Clarkson behind us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like. One but I'm, I'm curious, like, do we think that there's not this? Because I think the last time I went and bought, an, uh, bought one of her CDs in a store was probably like on the day it came out was probably all I ever wanted. Because I feel like by the time 2011 rolled around with Stronger, it was like okay, I can't get this online and like, it's just going to be easier for me. I'll show up the day of. And it's not as fun. Like, I'll be honest, it's not as fun. But now there's all these like pre-orders and now like, I'm embarrassed to say how many copies of the Christmas album I bought considering I'm Jewish. Um, I I probably <laughs> have bought like three copies so far. And I, now there's a Target <laughs> exclusive that comes with a Christmas card. Do I buy that? I don't probably, I, I probably won't, but I'm tempted. Like, it buying, what it looks like. <laughs> it depends what it looks like, but I'm buying all these online and like, you know, there's not this urgency anymore. And I don't know if that's because, you know, physical product product is not as important anymore, unfortunately, or we're all just getting older and don't care or because less stores are carrying product. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think it's because, you know, not many people even have CD players anymore. 
all, all the music is digital, but, you know, I miss that physical copy, you know, where you can have the booklet you know, in front of you, not just a digital copy. And, you know, I have, I have a, 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 almost all of her albums that are autographed, like the, the cover of them. Um, and so it's like, just, it's this, just like, if you go to a concert, you know, tour books, I have a bunch of tour books. You cannot find a tour book. I went to two concerts over the last uh, week, uh, Alanis Morissette and Maroon 5, and nope, there wasn't uh, wasn't a tour book to be seen. And I haven't seen one even at Kelly's shows. Maybe for, a life you know, had one, but that was a rare, rare did, thing. Yeah, that was like the last one that I'd ever that I'd gotten at a concert, which is unfortunate because I like, you know, having something like that to commemorate every all, all the tours that i've been to and i, am I love wondering, tour books I, I i am wondering because i think i'm also kind of that weird in between where i grew up with a lot of physical product but i'm also a lot of people my age are just like screw it i don't care um and for the younger fans that are getting on board now they probably don't care about buying a cd there's like yeah it's gonna be on spotify midnight i'm i'm excited so i don't know if it is if it is a generational thing it, it might be but I also think well, it's just I, kind of how the industry is working now. It's it's a little fuzzy. I thought I remember seeing somewhere that people were kind of griping about the pre-sales for the Christmas album, you know, with the autographed copies of the CDs, because they were like, I don't want to buy a CD because I don't own a CD player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and they're like, why want, am I buying this? People wanted vinyl because vinyl is now, you know, becoming popular again. And, yeah. And I know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're actually planning to release it on vinyl. I have no idea, but I do know that there is like a very um, so there's a major delay within the whole music industry with vinyl at the moment. Um, I do know that, so that could be part of it. Um, but anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> well, and I will say from from my perspective, I mean, I mean for for Jen and for Katie, I mean, you can see behind me. I mean, this is this is my music behind me, and I am still a very big proponent of physical product and I still go out and buy it whenever I can. And I think that, um, you know, Pam, you kind of hit it on the head in that streaming and not owning physical, you know, product anymore is sort of becoming a little more popular. And so artists are not selling as much of that as they used to. And so they're not putting as much resources into it, I think. And so I will always still buy. In fact, I remember probably starting with Breakaway and I did it up through Stronger. The day that the album would come out, I would go to Target or Sam Goody or Musicland or wherever, and I would buy 10 copies of the record and I would hand it out to my friends. I'd be like, hey, the new Kelly Clarkson came out today. Here's a free copy on me. And because I was still trying to to bring people over. I was still trying to, you know, coerce people to become fans. And I'm like, Oh, you got to hear this record. I mean, I probably bought two dozen copies of my December. Cause I was just like, <laughs> this album needs help. Like I need to give this out to as many people as possible. And I loved doing that. I always loved on release day, going to a store at, you know, eight o'clock or whenever it opened. Cause I was never cool enough for the midnight openings. <laughs> um, but I would always go and I would buy a stack of the record and I miss those days, honestly. And I wish that, you know, there were still, uh, you know, big deals made out of the physical product. I mean, 
if you want to look at somebody who's really doing physical product well, it's Taylor Swift. Um, you know, she knows how to move physical through her fans. And, you know, and she kind of does it in a, in a sly, clever way where, you know, she'll, you know, offer it up on her website. And then after everyone's already bought it, then all of a sudden, oh, here's a bunch of autographed copies that you can buy. It's like, oh, well, crap, I've already bought, you know, Fearless Taylor's version. But here I go, lo and behold, going to buy another copy because she signed this one. Um, and so, you know, she's very smart when it comes to that and being able to still get uh, those into the hands of her fans. And, you know, there are times when I wish that there was you know, a bit of a uh, reward is probably the wrong way to say it, but I wish there was an incentive to buy physical product and that, you know, not just a tumbler mug and a recipe for wassail or whatever the hell she's sending out with this mold wine. wine. Okay. Whatever. Uh, You know, that's uh, sure. Okay. Why not? I'll buy your little set. Great. Um, but I would love to see that more from not even just from Kelly, but from any other artists, you know, make it worth our while to to buy the, the physical copy with with a with a fun reason, you know, put a little effort into it. Yeah, honestly, there's nobody other than Kelly that I would buy stuff physical copies for at this point. <laughs> no, me neither. She's the I only mean, one. I, I think we just live in a time of instant gratification. So people go on, they click and they don't have to go anywhere. And I mean, I I think COVID, COVID made me lazy. And I don't mean lazy mm-hmm. in like the sense that like, I mean, I, I'm active every day. I, I keep my body moving, but it doesn't move out my door unless it has to. So like this morning I ordered groceries, not that I don't have three grocery stores within two miles of me. I do like, I just was like, eh, I just don't want to, I don't want to leave my dog today, you know? And I, I think that people just like that they can go on, they can pre-save something, they don't have to think about it again, and then it pops up. But I just actually found out from my friend who, um, she charted on iTunes for the first time ever, she's an independent artist. And I guess the pre-saves don't do anything for her, like you have to actually buy the album. So she was like, (laughs) no, I mean, she's like, if you don't mind buying it, that would be great. But like saving it doesn't do anything for me. I think the saving, I know, I only know, I only know from Spotify, I know for pre-saving on Spotify, all it does is it helps you like give gives you a better chance at coming up in people's algorithmic playlists mm-hmm. and maybe in some editorial playlists, but that's it. Yeah, and I mean, and the, what, the physical copies, like I remember when Kelly went gold or she went platinum, what a big deal it was. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I actually also found this morning when she was handed the platinum plaque on the second season of, of Idol. Yes. Um, we did like Project Platinum and people wrote her letters and we made a plaque for her and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's so hard to achieve that now. Like I, we got, um, we got asked to be a part of a, a Spotify promotion for nineties country. And when they sent me over the numbers, my boss had had an album that was streamed 100.5 million times. And she was like, does that do anything? Like, is that platinum? What is that? And I looked it up and it was like 750 million streams for platinum. It's like, insane. It's insane for the whole album. Like not yeah. just yeah. one song, the whole album. And I'm like, that's so hard to achieve nowadays. And I don't know if that makes the achievement more special or not. I don't know. But like, I just, I just think that we've shifted. I just think that the entire universe has shifted into instant gratification. And unfortunately, I don't have any place to play a, to play a CD. But I will tell you the last physical copy of a CD I purchased was a Kelly CD. Yeah, um, but I yeah, probably I, I, will not be playing the CD. I just am sick and yeah. need it for like my collection. Um, so right. the only place I can play CD is my old laptop that is ten years old that somehow still works occasionally. 
And that's what I watch my DVDs on. And when I have to watch my from Justin to Kelly watch party, um, <laughs> that's yeah, like that's it. Like that's all I have. Um, and it's hard. Um, and so now with vinyl coming back, I think that is the next thing that people have like that are younger. Cause I know like, I always see like online, cause I feel like with this podcast, we have a lot of fans who are still in, in like high school, which is so cool. And they're like, yeah, I want to, I just bought, you know, or me, I'm 28. I just bought Olivia Rodrigo on vinyl. I'm not ashamed to say that. And, but I think that's cool that it's, it's a new generation that is excited about other types of physical product. I mean, I don't think we're going to ever get anywhere to where we were with CDs when we were, you know, in the mid 2000s, but or pre iPod or whatever. But I think, yeah, I just think it's different. I don't, you know, I, and I, I think as Jeremy said, it also depends on what's if there's like a incentive you know if it's just a cd cool if it's a cd that um if it's a cd that comes with like a ticket to a show that's another thing that artists do um so i don't know it's weird it it makes me a little sad but i'm also just kind of curious for the future because every couple of years every couple of years something new comes out like i know for re- like record store day they now have cassettes again i'm like who the hell is a cassette player but people buy it and i would buy a kelly cassette because i'm weird we sell them on our table and they sell every show. Exactly. Yeah. People, people buy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought Jeremy a, died. I got a, uh, I got a box set for Weezer's latest record and it contained a cassette of the album. And I'm just like, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do with this. Awesome. Um, but I'm like, you know, I'm like you, Katie, where I just, I miss getting the physical CDs anymore because I do love to spend time like looking through the liner notes. And I mean, I read, liner notes from cover to cover on every single album that I buy, not just Kelly. I mean, everything, because I know that somebody took time to write all that stuff, whether it be transcribing the lyrics or the artwork that goes into physical product. And that's another thing too. You know, there's a lot of really, really great artistry and photographs. That's another reason why going back to the, um, the tour books, I love buying the tour books because they have really great photography in them. And so I love supporting creatives like that because I know that somebody took the time and in some cases a long time to create that physical cover and, and that album jacket. And so I want to go through and actually appreciate it. And I think that that's lost when, I mean, it's clearly lost when you're just getting something from iTunes or, or Spotify. And I, I want to try to be, you know, a, a a good steward for that moving forward. I want to show her that like, hey, people are still reading your liner notes and still want to know, you know, who played the drums on this particular song or, you know, who are you thanking? You know, every most every artist, you know, has thank yous in their their albums. I actually read all of those because I'm legitimately interested in those kinds of things. Do you guys remember that when like she would release singles there would be different cover art in different countries. Oh, sure. So, like, oh, yeah. I have a good collection of those too. too. So yeah. I would go on eBay and be like Australian Miss Independent and like I'd buy it. I just came across my bin of that when I was in Florida. Oh my but, God, like, that's amazing. Yeah, so like you would find out that there was another cover and you're like, wait, I don't have that one. Okay, I need it. And like you'd go buy it from somebody over there. I'm really Like there's a rare greatest hits album out there. Like, yes, <laughs> I, bu- I told Jeremy about it very early in our podcast and he's like, damn it, I have to go buy it. It's like the blue with the pink background. Right, it's, yeah, I remember it that. Yeah. I found it at Barnes & Noble. I was like, what? What? It's heinous looking, but I had to buy it. Is um, it another country? 
No, I don't know. It's like the same thing. It's just, it's, it's, there's, there's nothing different about it. But yeah, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I spent a lot of my high school graduation money buying random CDs on eBay. Sorry, yeah. mom. Oh, and I, dad. I have spent a, a, a mini, mini a dollar on that as well. Yeah, <laughs> I still have them all though. See, it's weird. It's just it's there's oh, nothing yeah. different about it though, except for the it's cover. Like, it's the same content. Yeah, and it's the uh, it's the same as the um, the domestic release. The so blue, like, the regular blue, and then there's that like brownish, rusty color. That's the DVD that has like music videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. What? Do I own Collect all three? Them all, kids. over there. Collect yeah, them all, I only have the blue one. Man. You're smart. You're smart. Save, save your money. <laughs> Use that for a tour whenever that does happen. <laughs> I still have the DVD collection that was burned of um, all of her idol performances in order. I love that. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. we had them all uploaded onto our website where you could click. Like I guess, I guess the the girl in Norway, she had torrents and stuff where she could get things that were pretty unique. And we would upload them onto the website. So she burned the entire season for me, but only Kelly performances. Nice. I still, I still have that here. Jen, was there anything when you were thinking of this topic, is there anything we didn't bring up that you like for final, final notes? Ooh, I don't know. I feel like the main gist that I was trying to come up with was just how, I mean, I guess how much blood, sweat and tears really went into it. Like, yeah. and I, and not to undermine, like you had said earlier, not to undermine the way people are supporting artists now and not saying that all the forms of social media aren't amazing. They are. I mean, that's why artists are as successful as they are. Um, but we were just in a time where the artist wasn't as reachable as yeah. they are now in the sense that like we couldn't tag Kelly in something and hope for a response. So we were just trucking behind the scenes, doing everything we could and hoping that we were being heard. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun. I think it's super cool that so many people came together in 2002, 2003, that era, and still are connected today. Um, like, the, like, again, Penny from The Express, still active. And okay. I mean, I, I would love to have heard some of her stories just because I don't know the behind the scenes and the ins and outs of the Express like I did the other. Yeah. Well, we have our episode. She was on that. So definitely. I don't know. If, I don't know if you if you heard it, but she uh-uh. she said some stuff. I mean, she probably wanted to say a lot more that she couldn't. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure. And I'm sure she would have been extremely um, helpful for something like this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like just how different things were back then and and the amount of actual physical activity went into it. Like Jeremy had said, like the street team aspect, we really did hit the ground running and we didn't stop for anything. And if there was something, if there was a a random radio countdown in Utah, (laughs) we were all making her number one in Utah somehow. And I, (laughs) like there was was a list, Katie, you may remember this, Jeremy, you may, where there was like radio stations, like you had every phone number, every email address, every website. And if she was like in, in the running for top five of the day, at noon in that time zone, you were online and you were making a call whether you could hear that radio station or not. So it was just like I had folders worth of, of just information where I could pick up the phone and call somebody and ironically built really good relationships with some radio hosts just because they loved that we were listening from all over and that we were that in tune with a career. Like they, they were impressed by it. Um, so I, mean, I, I I think that was really where I was coming from was how unique and 
amazing it is that people put so much work into somebody in hopes that they would be successful. And also, I think you guys had touched on it too. I think that Kelly has shaped a lot of our lives. Like, but for Kelly, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning. No. And, you know, but for Kelly, the two of you wouldn't have an incredible podcast that is getting so much recognition in the fan base. And like, I really think you guys have reignited a spark that wasn't there for a while and in the camaraderie. Um, you know, well, but for you. Kelly, Katie and I wouldn't have had hand grenades together in New Orleans. Right. <laughs> yeah. you know? And honestly, on my, like personally, but for Kelly, I wouldn't have gone into law. And I, if I hadn't gone into law, I wouldn't have met the people I did. If I didn't meet the people I did, I wouldn't be in music now living in Nashville. Yeah. So I feel the I mean, same way. Yeah. I yeah. Feel the exact same way. She, she literally built the path that I'm on without realizing she was doing it and without me realizing it was happening. Yeah. So I'm extraordinarily grateful. Um, and while the music industry is nothing like it was then now, it just makes me feel like I wouldn't be sitting here today if she hadn't walked into that room, you know, in 2002 and, you know, one so Hang your butt off. Yeah, <laughs> or jeans as a dress or a shirt. And, and right. I feel like she gave you a really good education on not only just the music industry, but just like how to build... Life how to build anything from yeah. the ground up and have like, you know, having like a support team. I think that's right. just the best education, no matter what field you're in mm -hmm. for you. It just happens to be very relevant for, you know, music, but um, yeah, I think nowadays it's really, it's, it's a lot easier because you can get, be a lot more productive without actually leaving your house. Yeah. So, which is great, but you don't get the same experiences like we did back when it first started as much as you know they can do because now you can with a click of a mouse and some keys you can have access to everything but before there's a lot more work involved yeah yep my thoughts exactly i mean it was it was a lot harder to do to to support an artist to the level that a lot of us wanted to do it was so much harder I mean, I mean, it was harder than that, even in the, you know, the seventies and the eighties when, mm -hmm. you know, you, you get your cassette or your vinyl and you mail in something to their fan club and you get a package back. And that was the limit of your interaction outside of seeing them in concert. And so, uh, I think that, you know, and we spoke about being on the ground floor of sort of the, the technological wave of really supporting an artist. Um, you know, it was much more difficult then than it is now. And I appreciate everything that people did. Uh, if you're a fan who was participating in all of the promotion of her in the early 2000s, I mean, thank you, because you are part of the reason that a lot of us are where we are now um, in ways that you can't even imagine. And I think that that's such a testament to the to the great fan base that she has and just the cool people that uh that are in this group that i that i appreciate so much and and jen also thank you very much for the kind words i i tend to agree i i think that this has sort of re-sparked the fan base a little bit and i'm and i'm so thankful to to be a part of it and uh i hope that you know this will inspire people to you know really push and promote you know when the next album comes out I mean, I think it would be cool if we all kind of did like a reunion tour and we got back together and we figured out a way to really push that album. Like, I, it's yeah. amazing how capable this group of people is. And mm -hmm. I mean, we learned it because, I mean, we, we grew up together and we, we learned it then. And I'm so curious, like now, 20 years later-ish, like how our brains would come together and, and 
make a movement again, you know? And because we have so much more accessibility to not only technology, but just certain people. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Jen and Katie, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time to talk to us about uh, the early days of the grassroots effort to get Kelly Clarkson's career off the ground. I know that you know, a lot of labels and uh, A&R people try to take the credit for making stars uh, for artists today. But, you know, Kelly was one of those unique scenarios where it really was the fans who made her big first. Uh, and then the labels had to catch up and just try to uh, continue to make us happy because we were we were well out in front of uh, whatever they were trying to do. And we were doing a lot of the work for them. And uh, both of you are a testament to uh, the, the career that she has had and also the, the closeness and the, the tight knitness of the fan base itself. So thank you for, to, to both of you for all that you did. And I know that it also came with a lot of fun experiences that you both got to have. And so, um, anybody who was involved really in as sort of the, this is sort of a, an homage to the grassroots of the early part of her career. Thank you for all that you did because you really did make a huge difference in, I think, making her the caliber of celebrity and and musician that she is today. I mean, and just to follow that up, I'm not as involved nearly at all as I used to be. And so I just want to say thank you to the, you guys for continuing mm-hmm. to make this happen. Like the torch got passed and it got passed again and it, it's gone on for years. And everyone who's who's taken it and run with it over the years is just as responsible as as the people from the beginning. So thank you to everyone who's supported her over the years and continues to do it. And people like you guys who come up with new and innovative ways to do it. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. So we're not just talking to ourselves. (laughs) 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 It's it's really cool experience just to see how much Kelly has grown since the very beginning. Like I remember back when she first started, you know, imagining, oh, you know, she'd make a great talk show host. There should be a Kelly Clarkson show. People would love it. And then, you know, 15 years later, it's actually coming to fruition. And and everything that we imagined as fans, the like best case scenario seems to, to be happening. And it's very satisfying as a fan, I think. Absolutely. Well said. Well, ladies, thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to maybe talking to you guys uh, down the line. Jen, if you remember anything else from the old <laughs> days, by all means, you have our information. You know how to find us. Yes. yes. When I finally get through that bin that I have in Florida, I will let you guys know. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> thank you both well, so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Jen, we'll have to do a special like video edition of the podcast. We'll just have you do like an unboxing That's of your bin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jen will tell stories. All right. I don't know who it'll be fun for. Jen, Katie, <laughs> thank you guys it. so much. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you guys. Thank we'll you talk so to you much. Soon. I appreciate it. Bye. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Pam, it was so good to see Jen again and to, to meet and talk with Katie. What a great time going back uh memory lane, so to speak, almost 20 years now to the beginnings of Kelly's career and finding out how it was that a ragtag group of fans got together and did everything in their power to help make Kelly the superstar that she is today. I feel like I got like a pretty good education. I mean, like from this episode, from this topic, because obviously yeah. I knew a lo- I knew about a lot of it, but it's one thing to know about it. It's another thing to live it. I think it would have been really cool had I been a little bit older to like experience a lot of this, <laughs> like um, most of my entire fan life has been stuff either like in person or like online 
Um, yeah. So I just think it really adds another level of dedication that people were willing to go the extra mile to do all the phone calling, do snail mail for a lot of things. It's 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 really unique that I know I said this earlier, but it's really unique that we have a fan base of so many different ages that span, mm-hmm. you know, basically a two decade career that have had all types of marketing. And, you know, it's not yeah. like we're getting paid to market. We're marketing because we're fans and that's what we want to do. And we're super, we're super passionate about it. There's, there's a difference. Yeah. And, and the fact that not a day goes by that I don't speak with somebody that I met via the message boards or going to a Kelly Clarkson show. I mean, it, whether it be Snapchat or messenger or text message. I mean, every single day I talk to a Kelly fan of some kind yeah. and I, I am so grateful that I have each and every one of them in my life. And so it, it was a lot of fun to step back a little bit and, and hear how it all sort of started in the early days. And, uh, and I'm so, like I said uh, during the podcast, I'm so thankful for each and every person who was there, uh, in the early days and the people that continue to support Kelly and her career. And Jen's words were so kind. Uh, about, uh, you know, the podcast being sort of that next step and sort of carrying on the torch and finding new technological ways to move the fan base forward. And I, and I'm, I am very aware of the responsibility, uh, that we have. And, and we are very humbled by all the people who have listened and who have joined us in this. So, uh, we're, we're just happy to be a little part of the story of her career. Yeah. You both said it very well. And again, you know, we have a platform to speak on, and I think it's even more rewarding that people are actually listening and people are mm-hmm. responding to us. Because it's one thing if we put out a podcast and we have, you know, two friends listening, which is that w- <laughs> that would still make me happy. I'm like, oh my god, we have two people. But like the fact that there are genuine Kelly fans out there that are just like just as involved in the conversation and have the same thoughts as us or even different thoughts, but that that's okay. The people that the people that are listening and really reacting to what we're saying, it just it makes me so happy that this fan base is still so rabid and that we just want the best for her and we're just still passionate about the music twenty years later. And I like to think that we will reward you guys for your listening and for your support by bringing some really, really cool guests in the coming weeks. We're very, very excited about it. So uh, make sure you stay tuned. In the meantime, uh, we hope you continue to support the podcast. Uh, You can follow us on the socials at Missing the Podcast, and you can also hit us up with any questions, or if you just want to shout out, Missing the Podcast at gmail.com. I do want to say really quickly that we will get back to reading more of our reviews from iTunes. I know we haven't done that for a few weeks, but a couple of our episodes have gone long, and so in the sake of brevity, we didn't want to drag them out any further, so we will be bringing those back. Uh, So keep those reviews coming on Apple Podcasts, and make sure that you are getting yourself subscribed if you haven't already until then we will talk to with you guys next week see ya you've been listening to miss indie podcast the kelly clarkson fan podcast miss indie podcast was written and produced by jeremy and pam remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted continue the conversation by following the podcast on facebook instagram and twitter at miss indie podcast Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com.